welcome back to Gaming in the Desert, guys. It's been a few weeks since we've been on the show here. Uh, we've had a little bit of a summer break, we'd say. But um, we're glad to be back. And with me, as always, is my awesome, amazing Master of Gaming co-host, Lucas. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. My thumbs are all healed up from the break, and they're ready to start mashing buttons again. Awesome, awesome. Uh, the music you heard in the intro is from Halberd. He is an awesome content creator, streamer, and musician. You can check him out at youtube.com slash halberdgamers. Uh, give him a like, give him a comment, and uh, let him know how you found him. We are a weekly podcast. We are focusing primarily on Nintendo platforms, but we are always showing love to everybody here. And in fact, uh, part of our agenda tonight is talking about the Sony state of play. So with that, grab a cold beverage, kick on your AC, because it is the middle of August and it is stinking hot. And let's jump into the desert. So Luke, it's been a little while. I know you've had some vacations. You're, uh, you're back. And uh, what have you been playing, man? Well, um, I've been playing... A little bit of this, a little bit of that. I uh, I think from a couple weeks back, I started on my... I, I said that I started on my journey into Dark Souls Remastered on the Switch. And it's been even better and better, the gift that keeps on giving. Um, even though it, you love, you love to hate it, you hate to love it, it's, it's one of those games. You, you die all the time, and somehow I keep coming back for more. Um, yeah, it's uh, the more I get into it, it's it's like there's more levels of uh, complexity to it, and it makes it really cool. So, for those that don't know, the Dark Souls franchise is a super ultra hard uh, series of games, and. Um, I just got into it like 10 years too late on the Nintendo Switch, but this is the first time it's on a, a handheld console. So uh, at least I'm I'm new for or I'm right on the money for that. So it's um it's been really fun. So if if you like really difficult, challenging things in RPGs, um, it's it's been it's been really really entertaining. It's one of those games that like I put down and like I'm just stuck on something, and then like. I'll come back to it in like a week and it'll, you know, I'll feel like I'm just right back into the world of it. So it's, uh, yeah, you can take breaks from it and <laughs> it, it takes a long time to get through it. So it's, it's been really, really fun and rewarding when you, when you beat something. But, uh, I've also been playing on the happier, less, uh, gory side, uh, paper Mario that just came out a week or two ago. Oh, nice. And, yeah, yeah. Did did you pick up a copy, Casey? I did not. With... And uh, shout out to my friend and fellow streamer Adrian, uh, who works at the local GameStop, who is probably still waiting and sitting on a copy of Paper Mario that I'm sure hasn't sold out. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I I keep telling him that I'm coming by to pick up my copy. And Adrian, I will get there soon. But I've just been so busy uh, with family no, in town you and everything. Haven't. That I haven't no. been able to make that trek around the corner from my house to the GameStop. <laughs> but you know it's what, It's like man? one block. Honestly, I, so I got to be a little bit honest, too. I, I've been really enjoying this this kind of lull in, in releases. 
in that I feel that uh, I've had a little bit of time to catch up on some of the games that I've been behind on. And, you know, mostly some of the games that I started on when we started this whole thing, uh, Super Metroid, which is one of the games I've, I've really been pouring my time into, but also diving into some of those other games like Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, still trying to finish up Bioshock and, and all of that. But um, with... Uh, still with not family, done with Bioshock, I know, huh? I know, but... With uh, with the family in town, the new job starting up, and all of that, it's been kind of hard to to really dive into some of the games. So I'm still a little bit behind. So so I've taken this time, this kind of lull with uh, with the releases and everything, as an opportunity to catch up on the games. And because of that, I, I kind of I kind of have been intentionally holding off on picking up Paper Mario because I think that's a game that I'll start. I'll probably love it, but I won't I won't put the time into it that I really need to. Oh, oh, like Link's Awakening? Shush! Oh my gosh, man! Come on, <laughs> this is gonna be uh, like, this is gonna it's... be bust. Uh, you know, bust my uh, you know what uh, over chops. games that I have. Yeah, my chops over uh, over games I, don't I haven't know what finished. You're talking about. Uh, chops, absolutely chops. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, man. man. Um, I I so I would. I would go back to Link's Awakening before playing this game. I think Link's Awakening, if you're a bigger Zelda nerd than Mario nerd, um, Link's Awakening's a, a better one. Um, although, if you've played the Game Boy version, maybe uh, since it's a you know a repackage, re-release of sorts, um, maybe the the Mario will be more fresh. But, anyways, the Paper Mario game has been it's been pretty good. I I was. I didn't get my hopes up too high like it was going to be like the Thousand Year Door, which uh, for those that don't know, Thousand Year Door is the de facto, like I, in my opinion, uh, Paper Mario game because it has really good um, puzzle center, like strategies in, in the overworlds where you, you solve things in, in the world. Um, particularly like in the new one, for example, I think the puzzling is, is pretty good, but um, you really just jump and use your hammer and uh, you can fill holes and, you know, traverse the terrain for, for clues and things like that. But in the thousand year door, you could, there was like different abilities where you could like go sideways and get paper thin and fit through cracks, or you could roll into a, pa a paper tube and roll under like areas. And then I think you could also turn into a paper airplane and fly across things and that made the whole world feel a little bit more free, and it didn't feel like you were getting dragged along on a leash a little bit. Um, I think it was leaning into like a little bit more intelligent, like older crowds, and this this new one is like a little friendlier to like younger people. But anyways, um, this new Paper Mario, Paper Mario Origami King, it's it's good, and I think uh, most people that like the Mario series are are gonna gonna like it if they even i i won't say it's like a great rpg game if it's if you're looking for an rpg game it's it's just quirky man and it's really pretty to look at it's funny um and uh it's it's um and it it does it does create a world for like that that's entertaining and interesting like i think right now i i got to an area that you're in this purple desert and you rent a mobile shoe cart that's you get from a a toad 
Um, and <laughs> you get in this like little shoe vehicle and you zoom around in the desert. That's like really uh, like a giant area. And eventually in the desert, um, you get to a giant, I think it's essentially a casino, like hotel kind of thing, but it doesn't say casino, I guess, probably because it's like a children's game, but, uh, it essentially looks like a casino with all these flashing lights and, um, neon signs and stuff. And it's, it's really cool. Um, so it builds these like really f fantastic worlds and, um, and the, and the puzzle aspect is still there. Um, storytelling isn't as good either, but, um, it's better than the last two entries or actually last three in my opinion. So I, I think it's pretty good. I'm not, I'm not upset by it and I'm actually pretty, pretty, uh, pumped to, to be playing it. That's cool. No, that's awesome. Um, I would definitely, uh, I'll definitely love to jump into it as soon as I can, but, uh, but again, man, I, you don't got, have time for that. I don't have time for that, man. I've got to, I've got to play some other titles. I mean, I probably will buy it just, just so that I can have it, but uh, but as far as jumping into it and completing you're it, you're a game hoarder. I, you're right. I am a game hoarder. But <laughs> uh, yeah, Link's Awakening. It's funny that you mentioned that because I did jump into that for I'd probably say about 15 minutes, uh, sometime over the last month, and and I re I really enjoyed how how much fun and kind of stress free the game was. So much so that I, I turned it off, put it back into its little case, and I haven't touched it since. But um, it's funny because there's some there are some podcasts, some other podcasts that uh, were mentioning like the the best summer games. Uh, I, I think IGN had one of the uh, had one of the the polls that was like, hey, what are, what are the some of the best summer games? And that one I think with the beach theme and and everything could could definitely rank up there. And in, in one of the games that that really takes you back and reminds you of summer, but um, you know, we're in the desert, so we've got probably about six months of summer left. So we, I've got plenty of time for that one. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, so aside from that, you know, you've been playing the, uh, the Dark Souls game, which I think, I think that'd be actually a fun, uh, a fun game to get the both of us on stream and just watch how badly I struggle with hard games. Um, I <laughs> that think, would be a fun one. In fact, if you just fun. like... If you just got on and like I I just commentated on you, I think that I think we'd get a lot of laughs and kicks out of that. But it's it's it wouldn't just be you. I mean, like that game is notoriously hard. So I think <laughs> I think people would understand. But it's it is funny. Yeah. No. I I I'd be down for that. I think that'd be a lot of fun actually. Um, yeah. As much as that game scares me, uh, I never thought I would get into uh, to JRPGs as much as I have, and and I've been really, really feeling Xenoblade Chronicles. I've been really feeling it, man. Oh um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Shulk reference. Shulk, yeah, yeah. Cheap, cheap Shulk reference. But the, you know, when I when I have to when I play that game, I take I have to take into consideration that it was made over ten years ago, and how good the voice acting is and and even though you watch it now and you look at how clunky everything looks when when uh when there's cinematic cutscenes and and how clunky everything uh everybody walks and and kind of just moves it, it's it's kind of neat still to to really um i don't know i i still enjoy i still enjoy that game despite all of kind of the the technical uh 
Yeah. The technical aspects that kind of fall short by today's standards. I, I really still enjoy that game just for what it is, how well yeah. scripted it is. The story's great. It, I'm still super confused about what's going on, how to play the game, uh, how to maneuver the combat, but I still find myself going back just about every night just to put a few you know, a few minutes or, or like half an hour into it. And, and it's a, it's a great game. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, Xenoblade Chronicles and, and all G, JRPGs, I mean, they're, they're, a lot of them are really underrated, especially today. So I, I definitely see what you're saying. Another thing is like the game I'm playing, um, Dark Souls Remastered, that, that game's 10 years old too. It's remastered, but not, by much <laughs> so and i know a lot of the pc gamers are like kind of pissed or uh irritated that um it really didn't bring anything new to the table <laughs> um so anyways um well, well, but let, i saw the let, go let, ahead let's Casey. pull up, let's pull on that a little bit i sorry to cut you off but but you you said something and i don't want to lose lose my train of thought here because I think something you said was was kind of interesting, and and it's it's exactly it's directly related to something I just said about games being so old and being re uh, released on the Switch. Even you know if it's remastered, not remastered, HD remake, whatever. Uh, all of these games that are coming out on the Switch that that maybe some of us missed along the way. Like obviously, I missed Xenoblade Chronicles. You've never played a Souls game. You know, I I think that's what that's something that I've. I've been um, noticing that's made me fall more in love with this console, this generation as a whole, just just the games that, that have come out and uh, given us kind of that second chance to, to try yeah. out again. And I've really loved that about the system. You know, even the new games, like the, the new iterations, like Animal Crossing. Uh, I've never played an Animal Crossing game before. That's awesome. Uh, and then, kind of segueing into the the latest release that we saw this uh, this week was the the or the announcement of Pikmin Three. I've never played a Pikmin game before, and I know anybody who's listening to this is going, "My God, does this guy even play video games?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I did, but I missed." <laughs> I, I I don't think anyone's thinking that case. <laughs> but but I, but I missed the well. I you know it's funny because as as somebody who's kind of a self proclaimed Nintendo fan, there were there were some serious. Uh, serious misses that I've made along the way as far as the games that uh, that I didn't play you know some of the Pikmin I didn't get into Smash until until I met you um Xenoblade I miss which is highly regarded as as one of the greats by by a huge audience so it's just interesting and I maybe get your perspective on some of those games that that we are getting a first uh or a second chance to play um that that we've kind of missed along the way yeah yeah, I think that's what, like you said, that makes the Nintendo Switch console so great is it's very accessible. You can play it on a bus. You can play it on the plane. Um, so it, it really lends itself to take some of those old titles that, you know, Dark Souls was originally, a, a you can only play it on your PC computer. Um, and then it came out on some of the consoles. But now it's like, you know what, I, you know, I, I would be willing to revisit that game, you know, when I go on a plane or go on a bus, it's, it's very accessible for people to, you know, pick up old titles, new titles. Um, 
and just uh, revisit those. So yeah, I think for that reason, the, the Switch is, is kind of revolutionary for, for that reason. It seems like it brings a lot of old stuff and it kind of makes it cool, like Tetris 99 or whatever. Yeah. It made Tetris a game that I thought, well, like, when when when's Tetris going to get super popular again? <laughs> and um, Tetris 99 is a, a game on the Switch that's, I think it's free to play if you, and, and if you have a Nintendo Switch online, um, the subscription, it's, you can play online all you want for free. Yeah. Um, and it's against a hundred people and you all compete simultaneous, like a, a Roy, battle Royale to be the number one or as high as you can rank in this Tetris game. Um, and the Nintendo Switch could bring that back because it, it's got a lot of people that are, you know, nostalgic Nintendo fans. It's got a, and it brings it to the young audiences too. So yeah, I, for that reason, I think it's great. And, um, to your point on the Pikmin game, I, I already voiced my opinion on the Pikmin game to you. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> we had a great discussion I, I, on this pre-show that I, that I wish we would have captured while we were talking <laughs> about it, but, but Luke had some, some really interesting points on that. So I would yeah. share, share them again at the risk of uh, asking you to repeat yourself. Go, go for it. And yeah. So, uh, yeah, the Pikmin 3, I think it is, that uh, it came out on the Wii U, and I was one of the few people, not one of the few people, but the Wii U, it's no secret that the Wii U didn't do very well, and you know, a large part of that was due to its marketing and branding. People were like, is it like an upgraded Wii? Okay, I already have the Wii. I'm not going to get a Wii U. And then they thought you know, it was portable like the Switch because it had that gamepad, mm-hmm. but it really wasn't. You can only be like 10 feet from the TV. So um, that those were issues. And then, you know, the, the marketing issues were very, very bad. And then they, did, they didn't have super strong games, although there, there was some good ones that came out on it. And Pikmin 3 was one of those. So I had Pikmin 3 on the Wii U, and um, it was an awesome game. Like, it looked really good. Uh, for a Nintendo game at that time, and it trans it like just like Paper Mar- Mario, it trans transported me into like the the Pikmin world really well. I mean, the N- Nintendo does a great job at that, um, kind of pulling pulling back the curtain, and you you kind of feel like you're you're on the you know you're watching a play on the stage, and um, you're you're part of it. So right. um, it was a you know it was a great title and uh, I would play it again but I paid sixty bucks for it and I don't think I'm gonna pay sixty bucks if they you know now add I don't know what they're gonna add honestly because it doesn't look like an HD remaster even it just looks like um, they said it's Pikmin three plus or something deluxe so when they deluxe yeah, so when they the did Mario yeah. they they did Mario Kart eight was mario kart 8 labeled deluxe as well yep so they had mario kart 8 deluxe and i love that game because i didn't have mario kart 8 on the wii u and it was on the wii u oh but you, you didn't have that one? Oh, okay no and so i got it on the switch and i thought it was a great game and i still play it every once in a while when i want to get my racing on my carton on mm-hmm. but now um if I had it on the Wii U, I probably wouldn't have paid $60 for a game that I already paid $60 for. So Pikmin 3, um, I'm probably not going to end up getting because it's probably, I mean, it's probably going to have like oh, maybe an extra stage or maybe a battle mode or something. Right. I mean, if it's like 
double the the story or something, then I would get it. But it's probably not going to be. And I felt the same way about um, Mario Maker, which was a really cool game for anyone that didn't pick that one up. It's like making your own Mario stages, and then you get to go online and play all the different people's Mario stages, and you you can uh, you can play the best ones, or you know it, it's really cool for creative people, but. Um, I already had it on the Wii U and they added a lot of cool stuff. And actually that one actually had a, an ample amount on, on it, but it still wasn't quite enough for me to pick it up. So I don't know. That's, that's the risk of doing that kind of stuff is re-releasing stuff, especially when it's only one council behind. But, uh, since the council wasn't so successful, the Wii U, um, I think, I mean, I, I think it's a, I think it's a good thing to do. Yeah. I, I, w- I don't blame them, but I really would have personally as a Pikmin fan, cause I really like the Pikmin series. I played one, two and three. I didn't play Hey Pikmin cause you know, I didn't have the uh, 3DS, but um, I really liked all of them. I, I, the puzzle, the puzzling on it is just right up my alley. It's like really free form and like creative um, puzzle solving so it's it's an excellent series, Casey. So I I think you should get in. I I honestly I don't think you should get into it because you have no time to even see I your children. No Do you even know what their names are anymore? I mean, who? You just have so many games. Who? <laughs> no, I'm, I, I'm just kidding. My kid. I have kids. Oh, <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, actually. So so it's funny because um, so. I've got my backlog, of course, and, and I definitely am going to get Pikmin because people love it so much. And I have to understand why, why, oh, why they put Olimar into Smash. Um, because he's a terrible, terrible, terrible person. I think he's actually overlooked in Smash, but that's a different topic for a different day. But uh, I definitely will play Pikmin because it, it looks really great, and the deluxe treatment is, is definitely going to be an indication that there's going to be some sort of um after release support for it and and i'm all about Mm -hmm. that and i love how nintendo does that especially um especially with games like mario kart you know uh, splatoon 2 is probably a not a great example because it's actually a sequel but just just the amount of support and love that they put into some of these games are great so i'm looking forward to see what they do with pikmin uh as long as it's running 1080p and it looks sweet on on the screen and then at least the 720p on the on the uh handheld i'm gonna be happy with it but uh it's funny because you mentioned the backlog and yes my backlog is huge right now but uh my son has gone back into breath of the wild big time he he beat it this week again for i don't know like the fourth or fifth time and uh he did it with only three of the guardians and he started, he's been getting into YouTube as, as you know, the kids are getting into. I sound like such an old guy, my gosh. But he's getting into the He's YouTubes. getting into the YouTubes. <laughs> <laughs> but he's been, he's been learning how to search better. So he's searching for like the most powerful weapons. He's trying to, trying to outfit himself with all of the most powerful weapons in Breath of the Wild. And he learned about the Twilight Bow. And for those of you who don't know, the Twilight Bow was in uh, Twilight Princess, and it was, a, it was a bow that you could get in that game. Uh, but it is kind of a... 
a derivative of the the bow of light which you get at the end spoilers i know but you get at the end of breath of the wild so the only way to obtain this bow is by way of amiibo so he was begging me this week he was going dad dad get can you get the zelda amiibo it only comes if you have the zelda amiibo for smash so uh back uh, in the wii u days they they released a a uh a smash character for for zelda and um i think it was in the twilight princess um costume but uh if you go online and try to find this amiibo it's a, it's like a 50 dollar amiibo and i'm like no i'm not gonna buy that so what did i do <laughs> yeah. i bought i bought the whole set of amiibo cards for 15 bucks on amazon and uh they base it's basically like having all of the uh, the amiibos in a little card form. They have the little NFC okay. chip in them, and and they they function like an amiibo. So we have been working all week to get this special bow that he's wanted so badly. And uh, you know he'd go to bed and he's like, "Dad, keep keep running the amiibo." And, and of course, cover your ears, Luke. But to uh to do this you have to time travel right because you can only use one amiibo a day in breath of the wild so we'd have to use the amiibo shut the game down turn the uh, clock to a day forward run the amiibo again and so on and so forth so so i'm basically doing this uh this little uh this little mission for my son when he goes to sleep and last night i get the bow and oh, nice. it, it's glorious and it's awesome but daddy was a little bit tired from a long day of work and, you know, putting the kids down, doing, you know, doing the adulting that I forgot to save. Oh, man. So I lost it. And let me tell you, it probably took like 40 or 50 tries to get this darn bow. You know what's also annoying about that is all, all the items are breakable. So it's also a breakable item, right? Uh, you know what? I don't know if this one breaks or not. I I, I don't think it does. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, while look you're it up and here. check. But but I I think this one might be the. I know for sure that it shoots straighter. He watches the YouTube video. He told me all about it. I didn't even really look into it. But he was so excited about this bow, and so like you know I'm super dad right. I get up. This happened last night. I get up this morning and I'm like, all right, you know, he, he texts me from his, uh, from his phone, you know, uh, while I'm at work and he's like, Hey dad, what's going on? I'm like, Hey, have you played Zelda today? And he's like, no. And I was like, you should check your inventory. And he's like, oh, okay. So I know he's like probably freaking out and, and, and excited about it. Right. And he's like, I don't see anything. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> you don't see anything. So anyway, uh, long long story short, yeah, I forgot to save the bow. I forgot to save after I, I probably restarted that game like ten times at least last night. Okay, so, yeah. So, so I just looked it up, and any bow in the game um, can eventually will eventually break, but I think it has the maximum durability. Yeah, it's but it's it's still like you know if. It, you took some uh, quite a few target practice shots, and then <laughs> that's what I thought you were going with it, and then it just broke. <laughs> no, I was. That wouldn't be good. 
I was half thinking about doing it on my on my profile, so it was under my pro uh, my account. But I, you know, I was I was trying to do them a solid, but uh, yeah, I screwed it up. So my Father of the Year card has been revoked. No, it's just a life lesson, Casey. Things have to be worked hard for to be earned. But that's that's a, the life lesson. That's the thing. I don't I don't think you can get that bow any other way. Yeah. I think you the only way is to get it by Amiibo. It yeah. Well, well, yeah. and here's the funny thing too is that to get that bow, um, you have to, you have to complete all four of the Divine Beast missions. And, and for any of you who haven't played Breath of the Wild yet, um, those are kind of like the four mini bosses that you have to complete before going and tackling the the final boss, which which was kind of a different type of mechanic i guess or different than anything i've played before uh where you had a little bit of freedom to choose which mini boss you went after first uh before attacking the main one well i guess i guess games have have done that in the past but um in this setting it was a little it was a little bit different but so he had actually not uh he had not completed the um the gerudo or Gerudo uh, mission or mini boss that that divine beast. So he had to go back and actually beat it. And um, it's kind of interesting because usually he'll he'll be like, "Dad, can you help me with this? Can you help me with this?" And and this time he actually went, grinded it out, figured out how to beat that that Ganon. I think it's Thunderblight Ganon, or I don't know one of them, and uh, did it all himself. Then went back and defeated uh, uh, Calamity Ganon again, just because he wanted to do it. And uh, and then he was like, "All right, I'm ready for the bow now." So I felt like huh. he put in that much work. It was it was only fair that I kind of helped him meet him halfway and did the yeah, uh, did the yeah, amiibo grinding for him. There's some parts in that game that were more difficult for sure. So Definitely. yeah, it's, that's cool. Um, yeah, man. So um, anyways, so uh, long, we... long story. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the the diversion there. Yeah, long story short, um, don't get the Twilight Bow because it's probably not going to be worth your time. <laughs> but if uh, you really have a you know young young kid that uh, really begs you every day, it might might end up saving you a headache. So cool. Anyways, um, I don't know, Casey. So. Anyways, uh, what what's going on with the Sony state of play? Because we mentioned that at the beginning, um, but you know, from what I've heard, it was kind of a stinker. Well, so i I have to put my I have to put my expectations in check. It was a little bit of a stinker, but just because I think at this point we're in August. We're expecting the new the new consoles to come out around November time frame. And I think loosely that's that's when they're coming out, but um even Sony themselves went on on record and said, Hey, this is going to be our third parties and we're not going to release any information in regards to AAA titles or hardware. So that said, all of our expectations should have been well in check and Truth be told, I feel like Sony's kind of trying to do the Nintendo thing where they're saying ahead of time, "Hey, we're not going to do this," but they're trying to they're trying to build the hype a little bit in the next gen. 
or maybe they weren't maybe this is just the last hurrah for the ps4 i don't know whatever it was it was it was just kind of okay so the state of play it opened up with crash bandicoot 4 which i thought was well, that's cool yeah well which i thought was kind of weird considering sony said okay we're not going to be releasing any you know sony studios or triple uh, a title stuff right so i'm thinking okay yeah. they said that but then they opened with crash bandicoot 4 and i'm like holy crap okay maybe they were just messing with us and this is going to be like the you know this is going to be like the big the big event so crash bandicoot 4 came and it looks great you know it looks very good it looks very next gen uh it, yeah. it it looks uh like they've incorporated not just like the crash bandicoot um style but also kind of like a traditional platformer style as well in, in parts of the game but they went on and on about it and i don't know maybe after like three or four minutes in, i was just like okay i'm ready for the next thing and i feel like yeah. they kind of they kind of played that uh they played that style through the whole presentation to where they just spent entirely too much time on a lot of the games and and unfortunately a lot of the games that we just don't care about. So Crash well, Bandicoot, well, I think I think I think a lot of people there's some big Crash Bandicoot fans. Well, I'm the, I'm not crazy about it, well, but Crash, I know a lot of people. The Crash Bandicoot would be happy. I think the Crash Bandicoot one was uh the only one that was kind of warranted. But the rest of the presentation, when they when they started going on and on about some of the other games, and, and maybe that's just me and not my taste, and I I should be a little more um, understanding and inclusive of of those that are into some of these other games that might have been announced that people were excited for. But for me, I just was like, eh, okay, great, that's awesome. Next, uh, another yeah. thing that that. Uh, that Sony said that they were going to do in this one was was the third parties, but also the VR games, and so that that piqued my interest as as a VR fan. Uh, I was very interested to see what they were going to bring out. There are some titles that were I was hoping they were going to talk about, and uh, and they didn't. So, but then again, they also talked about some titles that I was kind of interested in. So the Crash Bandicoot was cool, that came and went, but then they went right into Hitman. And more importantly, Hitman in VR, which was actually very exciting. So mm. Sony State of Play, not getting off to a bad start here. You got Crash Bandicoot 4, looks cool. Hitman in VR, awesome. And then it just kind of fizzled out. Uh, the only games that mm. I felt were were kind of uh, were were mostly noteworthy were uh, the Pathless, which uh, which is an archery centered game. It's a it's a third person, very cool art style. Uh, you know, it had that very hand drawn type of feel, but uh, very heavy emphasis on on archery. But um, I when when I was watching this, I was reading the chat in the it, on, on the live stream and a lot of people were were making a lot of breath of the wild references like this is just a breath of the wild uh kind of clone and though i understood that i understand where people are coming from with that feeling like um so so part yeah. of this game the pathless a, a big mechanic in the game is is a glide mechanic very similar to to what link does 
Wait. Yeah, I, I just want to chime in here. I remember seeing, I don't remember the title of the game, but I knew it was a Breath of the Wild um, copy. Like they, it was very obviously like same art style, same exploration, same kind of, you know, you have a sword and the shield and you fight enemies and you, it looked like a, a huge ripoff. And I'm like, that's kind of, it's a little annoying. And I saw a video of uh, someone, I don't know if they were at E3 or some kind of conference, and they took their PlayStation and they smashed it with a hammer or something. They just destroyed their PlayStation because they were so mad that they uh, they ripped off of this, the Breath of the Wild, uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild. So there's some people that feel very strongly uh, and are upset by, it. I guess, uh, people borrowing ideas and uh claiming it's their you know own original idea so um i don't think either of us really feel that way but yeah it's it's kind of a point of contention for some people yeah and i think it's it's funny because you know as you start defining genres like metroidvania metroidvania or souls type of games you know where where it where it kind of uh you know, it's a reference point. I I think uh, Breath of the Wild is is gonna end up owning something like that, where where it's almost like a Breath of the Wild like game. Because I'll tell you, there were like three or four games yeah. in this in this lineup where I was just like, that that feels a lot like it was heavily inspired by Breath of the Wild. And I think the chat, just reading the chat comments uh, during the live stream. We're very much in line with that feeling as well. Uh, definitely for the yeah. Pathless. Um, I think there were a couple of other games too that that were very um, Breath of the Wild inspired, and and that's cool mm-hmm. because I, I like seeing third third party developers or indie developers go and and throw their art style into it. the The art style for the Pathless looked really good. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I. You know, I think, um, I mean, I think Breath of the Wild, I mean, it, it was like borderline on defining a new genre, which is, you know, I, I and I think, it, I mean, in a lot of, in a lot of ways it did, which is awesome for it. And it's a, uh, it's a feather in its cap as a, a great game and, you know, a game to look up to. So, yeah, although it is kind of annoying, I think anything that does such a good job and redefines something, it just kind of stands up as a testament to how good that game was. And Breath of the Wild, that was an that was an amazing game. I mean, I had things that I wish it did a little differently or did a little better in in my mind, but I still think that was a that was a ten out of ten game. That was an A plus game. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, uh, but but even when it first came out, I remember reading and hearing a couple of uh, comments that were to the effect of, "This is a Souls-like Zelda game." <laughs> so even no. e- people were even trying to put it into it's a category even... when it came out, you know, and yeah. and really now we look at it, you know, what three years later and or four years later, and we're going, man, this this game was was not only generation defining but but perhaps uh uh defining a genre all of its own 
So I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, cool. I dis I disagree with the souls. Like not a not I, oh, I don't a Souls I don't game. agree with it. I'm just I, telling you what I heard when when I I know when it's we just first saw, I saw think that's that's kind of crazy because it's like it's not it's not there's an RPG element to it and it's like medieval ish, you know, but that's kind of where it stops. I mean, the Zelda breath of the wild is like completely open where uh, souls, there's different areas you can go to, but it's not like completely open. There's kind of tracks you follow more like God of war or something like that. Right. It's more linear. It's uh, more linear, right. Than, than open world. But I think what, yeah, I I wouldn't call it linear, but it's, it's the paths you follow are, are linear. I think um, I think the 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 souls thing came from the uh, the difficulty that that the game seemed to present right at, right off the bat, right? You start naked yeah. with with nothing but maybe a tree branch that you need to fight the uh, uh, Bokoblins or Bokoblins. How do you say that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think anybody knows. <laughs> no, there, there's some people out there that are probably going to be like, it's pronounced like this. It's okay. Um, so anyway, <laughs> moving on, uh, Spelunky 2. Did you ever play Spelunky 1? Um, I, I want to, I got to look this one up, Casey. I think I might know what you're talking about, but I, I don't want to assume and get it wrong. It's a platformer. It's Spelunky. It's, it... I think, okay, I'm looking it up now. Here's Spelunky 1. Okay, I'm looking at it right now. So oh, it looks interesting. It looks, it looks cool, like kind right? of. A combination of like a platformer and like Terraria, if you've ever played yes, that. Terra- yes, yes, I don't it know. looks a lot like Terraria. But oh, um, God, we're going to probably get nailed for that too. But, you know, the cool thing is it's a cool looking game, but does it deserve to be on a Sony state of play? I don't, I don't know. You know, it, I don't know anything about it. No, and, and, and it's a good game. And I know the first one has a, has a, pretty strong following obviously um but i, I don't know and then the ne- next game was Anne must die and actually that one that one did look pretty cool uh mostly just because the art style looked very cool uh, i i like that uh i don't know it 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 was kind of like a it's a game that i played uh called fury and and i don't know if any of the listeners know what fury is but it it was very stylistic very colorful but also very dark at the same time and um that i know it sounds very um very much like an oxymoron but but you'll have to see the game to to know what i'm talking about and it look again it looked cool but it's just one of those really pretty games that i'm probably never gonna play um yeah what what is that one called uh aeon must die a-e-o-n aeon oh i I think i heard of this one too yeah it looks cool, you know. Yeah, no, it looks pretty, and uh, wow, it has some uh, interesting graphics. Kind of looks like a uh, comic book a little bit. Yeah, very comic um, booky, very colorful, but at the same time, very very dark theme. Yeah, I, I, yeah, colorful is a yeah. It has like very neon like colors, but it's contrasted with a lot of dark gray backgrounds so like the characters seem like they have some splashes of color but overall it's looks like apocalyptic gray dead background is what i'm looking at right now exactly so, uh, exactly yeah, interesting yeah so uh then i think uh, one of the highlights of the of the show was bug snacks 
and bug snacks and actually that one seemed to get delicious yeah it seemed to get very uh uh, it, well, it seemed to get more positive, uh, more positive comments in the chat. I have not heard of Bug Snacks. I don't know what Bug Snacks is. It didn't look at all interesting to me. Uh, that's just my opinion. But uh, huh. you know, it, it 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 seemed it seemed nice and clean, but it didn't seem like anything that was blowing me away. Yeah, it, you know, it it reminds me of. It looks kind of like. Um... Like Viva Pinata, or maybe uh, there's a snake game where you kind of like rotate your body as a snake or something. It looks like a similar art style. I have no idea what it's about. It looks like you eat the bugs and you catch the bugs and you eat them or something. I, yeah, I don't you can exactly. I mean, we're sitting here on a podcast saying we <laughs> you catch the bugs and you eat them, and it yeah, that's that's about as interesting as it seems for me. Anyway. The next game yeah. that came out was the second uh, of two VR games that were that were talked about, and that was Star Wars Vader Immortal. Now, I've known a little bit about this Vader Immortal um, on the other platform, on the other VR platforms. Uh, so I was very, very excited about this. Previously, it had just been on Oculus platforms, but the fact that it was coming over to PlayStation VR was was very exciting. And uh, basically what you're doing in, in Star Wars Vader Immortal is you're doing lightsaber battles, right? So which is every every kid of the 80s um, fantasy, right, is, is being able to have a lightsaber battle with, with Darth Vader. And this is the game that lets you do it in virtual reality. Okay, so this is in... Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. And absolutely... Awesome. So what's what's the lightsaber? Is you have to buy like a little stick? No, 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 no. You you're, you're, no, no, not at all. You're, so, so with PlayStation VR, you're using um, these two really terrible. And, oh. and 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 I'm gonna expose. You're really selling it to me I'm, here. I'm, I'm gonna expose my my bias here, but uh, or in my in my wishes for what I I wanted the 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 presentation to, to encompass, but with the. Uh, with the PSVR, you have to use the move controllers, which are basically these. Um, think of a a Wiimote, but a little bit longer and with a colored ball at the end. That's right, I said a colored ball at the end. <laughs> oh yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, yeah. And uh, okay. one's pink, one's blue, and they're completely obnoxious. They work pretty well. I I have a PSVR, <laughs> but okay. uh, they they work pretty well. And and they're okay for what they are, but God, I was really hoping that they'd be like, we were just kidding. There's going to be this new awesome PSVR remote coming out that's going to be a little bit more, uh, you know, 2020 and not so much 2009. But yeah, uh, I I uh, I've played the Oculus Rift one.